Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you, because I'm annoyed to teach you, teach your Word. Thank you, because your people are annoyed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Tonight we are studying on the phrase, every joint supplies. And it's all connected to Ephesians chapter 4, where we're talking about the primary purpose of the fivefold ministry. And we established last week that the fivefold ministry, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, there are gifts from God to the body of Christ. And outside of that, um, every member, Ephesians 4, 7, let's turn there. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. These are foundational truths that form the bedrock of the Christian faith. So, we must have the same picture that God has in his mind concerning his body. We must see things from the same perspective. Now, um, if you... The, the, the church is referred to with many symbols, okay? Uh, with many metaphors in the body of... Uh, in the Bible. When you read the Bible, you'd see the church being referred to... Um, using several metaphors. So, basically, um, a metaphor is, simply put, is comparison by representation. You try to compare something by using another thing. Okay? That's what, that's what a metaphor is. It's a figure of speech. So, one of the metaphors for um, the church is the body. And I really want us to understand it. I really want it to sink deep in our heart. That the church is called what? The body of Christ. Alright? It's not just the building. The, the blocks is not what makes up the church. This, this building is not what makes up the church. The church essentially is made up of the people. Which is what? The body of Christ. Now, if you go to Ezekiel 37. Let me show you something here. Go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37. And if you... The Valley of Dry Bones. Okay? Ezekiel 37. The Valley of Dry Bones. Now, if you go to verse 11... Ezekiel 37 verse 11 Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. 
Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. So he says the bones represent the children of Israel. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'll open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves, my people Israel, all right, and I'll bring you into the land of Israel. Now let's go up a bit. Let's go up a bit to verse 7. It says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together. I want you to observe that phrase, bone to what? It's bone. Are you here? Bone to what? To its bones. Alright. Now, and I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Now, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on this slain, and they come to life. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, what? An exceedingly, what? Great army. Now, I want you to understand something, and I need you to follow me carefully. I want you to understand something. When those bones were scattered in the valley, they were uh, figuratively like an army. Okay, they didn't become an army that was active, but whatever made them an army was not different because there were already bones there. But one of the things that ultimately now made them an army, okay, like we saw in the next, in the verse 10, was the fact that bone came upon bones. That means, while they were scattered bones in the valley, they had the potential of becoming an army. Alright? But until bone came upon bones, they did not become that army. So, essentially, whilst we are all members of the church, while we are all the church in that sense, until we all come together... We cannot become the body of Christ. For us to be the body of Christ, we have to come together. We have to stay in the place of our connection. Just as bone came upon bone, so also we all make up part of the body of Christ. Whether as the local church or the universal body of Christ. Now, um, one stone cannot make a building. Okay? And then if you also put piles of stone somewhere, they cannot make a building. If we take these whole blocks that made up this building, this beautiful auditorium, if we scatter all of them and put the blocks individually, let's say we built this auditorium with, let's say, 10,000 blocks, okay? If we produce 10,000 blocks and we create, uh, we, we, dig, we buy a new plot of land and we just take all 10,000 blocks and throw them on that plot of land, Will they become an auditorium? I'd ask again. If we take 10,000 blocks that made up this auditorium and we just pour them on a piece of property, will they become an auditorium? No, they will not. Why? Why will they not become an auditorium? Because they are not joined together. Do we understand that? You can only become a house, you can only become a building as you are what? joined together. And we must have that understanding about the body of Christ, about the local church, 
that we are joined together. And that's what makes us the body of Christ. Now let's go to uh, several places in the scripture where the phrase, the body is used. You know, the church is made up of different members. Go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. Turn to Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. We need to begin to see these things. Because when we start doing certain things, carrying out certain actions, one of the things we need to keep asking ourselves is how does this affect the body of Christ? Because once you are a member of the body, what you do affects me. What I'll do affects you. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 5. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of what? One another. So, in Romans chapter 12, the body, we see a phrase there where the, where, where the church is referred to as the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're just looking at places where we're referred to as the body of Christ. And you need to spend time meditating on these things. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 17. Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. We all partake of the one bread. But it says, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. It was referring to Jesus. Okay, now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body... Though are many are one body, so also is Christ. So, uh, uh, Paul uses this a lot in the Pauline epistles. Now, to typify and to exemplify what the body is, that what the church is, that the church is a body. You know, when you, when you talk about volunteering today or serving in the local church, you almost, uh, you almost want to feel like people are being compelled to do it. You know, people are being uh, almost cajoled to do it. And that's not supposed to be, you know. Uh, a child of God ought to go before the Lord in prayers and find out his place in the body and be connected and be linked up and to serve. It's not something you should require an encouragement for. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you've got to find your place. And if you know this is my place, this is my grace, then you actually, you have a God-given obligation to supply what God is giving to you to the body. In fact, not doing that is being disobedient to the head of the church. That's the truth. And, and the reason most of us don't find time to want to serve the body is because we don't have understanding of what I'm reading. Uh, we, we've come up in a culture where people see the church as belonging to a man. Okay? As belonging to one man. So, 
so people see the church as it's your church. It's the pastor's church. So if I go to church, uh, I'm doing it for the pastor. And if I don't, you know, it's for the pastor. Or if I serve, it's for the pastor. You, you understand that. We don't have the concept that, listen, I belong to a body and I have a responsibility to the body. And that responsibility to the body is God-given. If it is God-given, then my uh, allegiance is to the head of the church. Are, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? For instance, uh, let, let's read on. I'll, I'll talk about that later, but let's go on. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. It says, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Ephesians chapter 4. No, let's go to Ephesians five twenty three. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. So the church here is referred to as the body. Now, who is the head of the church? Who does the Bible say is the head of the church? It's Christ, right? Now, when you are serving in a local church, who are you serving? Who should you be serving? You should be serving Christ. Why? Because he's the head of the church. Okay. Now, so we have other scriptures that talks about the church being the body of Christ. Colossians 1.24 In my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body. That is the church. So the church is the body of Christ. Now, that will shape our understanding because when Saul was persecuting the church and the Lord met him on the road to Damascus uh, and he fell down from his horse, the Lord asked him, what did the Lord Jesus ask him? Why are you persecuting me? Is that what the Lord asked him? But who was Paul persecuting? Huh? Those, the Christians Right? The believers Yeah, that would be a good word The believers But what did the Lord Jesus say to Paul? Why are you persecuting what? Me Because um, If you if, I, if I'm sitting, right? And you step on my toes I'm sitting there on the chair And you step on my toes I cannot say, well, ah, it's my toes. That's, that's the business of the toes. Can I say that? No. Because if you step on my toes, I'm going to feel the pain, you know, in my brain or somewhere. I don't know how, why people, how pains work, but I'll feel it somewhere. I'm sure my brain is working, that's why I'm feeling the pain. Now, when somebody is uh, paralyzed, for instance, or people have stroke, for instance, you will realize that they don't have control almost over that part of the body. Am I right? So maybe they, they've got a hand, but they don't have control over it. So even while they can move a particular hand very quickly, they find it a bit difficult to move wherever that has affected. Now, because the whole body is ought to be connected in such a way that a movement in one direction ought to affect 
you know, everybody. Now, if we see ourselves from that perspective, when we plug into a local church, and we know that this is the local church that God has called us into, we would act as if we have, been, we have found our place in the body of Christ. We will treat ourselves that way. We would honor ourselves that way. We will not allow whatever the enemy brings in to separate us from the body because the whole body is joined together to build itself up. Are you following this? Alright. Now, if we go to Ephesians chapter 4, so on Sundays I'll be dealing with the role of the fivefold ministers and the weekdays I'm dealing with the saints. Because we read in Ephesians 4, 7 that each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So we realize that every one of us seated here and listening, there is a grace given to us. I want to say this and I want to say it very bold and very clear. You have a responsibility to serve the body of Christ and the local church you belong to. Whether you act out that responsibility or not, you have a scriptural responsibility to the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is where it is today because other people are getting their job done. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, come on. Are you here? Let me tell you this, because we're talking about the local church. You know, uh, except in very extreme cases, you hardly find um, a pastor get offended and leave the local church, except in extreme cases. You hardly find that. Uh, but it's easy with, with members. Amen. Would you want to have a pastor, for instance, who gets, uh, who gets upset and um, stops coming to church? <laughs> and then you come to church the next week and they say, ah, we have to go and follow up pastor. You say, ah, what happened? You say, ah, no, 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 pastor is not happy. <laughs> say, what happened? You say, ah, no, 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 pastor is not happy at all. Alright? And then uh, you meet him and say, oh, what's the problem? He say, oh, I'm not happy the way you are treating me. He say, ah, man of God, you are sorry, Papa, we are sorry. He say, okay, no problem. And then he comes to church. And then uh, one year later, everybody is in church on Sunday. And he say, ah, where's pastor? He say, ah, no, pastor says he's not coming today. Ah, why? He say, ah, pastor is not happy. Ah. So, you know, <laughs> the church sends delegation. And then uh, they beg him, say, ah, man of God, man of God, don't do that. I said, okay, okay, I've heard, I've heard. Since you people came, I'll, I'll come back. And then he comes back. And then six months later, you know, uh, you've printed flyer, every joint supplies, Wednesday service. And then, uh, pastor show, then they are waiting, finishing it. Say, where is pastor? Say, uh, that he's preaching in, in one church down there. <laughs> and then they meet him. Say, ah, my God, why are you here? Say, no, no, I'm tired of you people. I want to be preaching here now. How many of you would, would, would like that? Imagine standing outside the church. Say, who are you looking for? Say, we came to look for our pastor. Say, why? He, say, ah, he, was, so, he was so angry. He said he's not coming to our church again. So we came to, to ask him to come back. Are you, how many of you think that would be very fantastic? Do you think so? Do you think so? Why? Why, why don't you think that's good? Because he's a pastor. 
Okay. So why do you think for you that's an okay attitude? Let's think. Why do you think it's okay for you? So you would say because you're a member. But then that is where the problem is. The problem is you don't see yourself the way Christ sees you. Every local church, and and hear me very clearly, every local church is standing because of a pastor who chooses to be faithful regardless of his feelings. And if we want to build strong local churches, we need to have members who are planted in the local church regardless of their emotions. Because that's how the body supplies. It's like, I give you the example. Imagine getting up this morning, you want to come to, to, to Bible study, and then your hands, right? Your two hands just put themselves on the desk. He said, let's go to church. Say, see, I'm not going to church today. Why? So I'm tired of opening Bible every time. Go to Ephesians, go to Colossians, go to Pastor cannot stay in one place. Every time I open, go to Second Corinthians. Now we're going to Ezekiel. I'm not open, I'm tired. How many of you would be very fantastic to come to church today? Your hands are not here. And they would say, ah, where are your hands? Ah, they're tired. They can't come. They're in the office. Huh? You think you... So, we, we only... I mean, this example makes us laugh, but we should think very deeply about how our attitude is either building the body of Christ. You can only do two things. You can only do two things. You're either doing what? Building the body of Christ. Or, in a sense... You're not building it. I don't want to use the other word. But I mean, you're either building or what? Or not building. And you know what not building means, right? Alright. Now, let's go to um, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to verse 16. We're, we'll just read from verse 11 down to verse 16. We're stopping at verse 16. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Look at that word. Building up of the body of Christ. Building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man, to the measure of the stature we belong to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer children to be told to and fro. There by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But look at this. But speaking the truth in love. And and this is one of the reasons why building the body is difficult. Because people don't want to hear the truth. People want to be left alone. You know, sometimes people come and, and, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, as... As a church family, alright, how would your response to correction be? Let's say your natural family. You know, when your father corrects you, what's your response? Hmm? Your father never corrected you. You guys were perfect. <laughs> okay, but if your father corrects you, imagine your father corrects you today, right? Corrects you and say, hey, I don't like what you're doing. You shouldn't do this. You should do that. And then the next morning, you pack your bags. And say, where are you going? You say, I'm, I'm changing families. I'm tired of this family. <laughs> you not carry your bag, yeah? And then you now go to another family. And then you bring your bag to your neighbor. You say, what? Why are you here? 
He said, no, my father corrected me, and I like the way your children are. You don't correct them. That's why I've come to join myself to this family. How many of you think that family is going to accept you? They wouldn't. Or, how many of you, when you're corrected by your boss, you do something in the office and say, I don't like this file. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. Then you just start packing your table. He said, oh, Mr. John, where are you going? So I'm changing jobs. Huh? Then you carry your file. You now go to the next company. Say, why are you here today? Say, they shouted at me there. I don't like the way they talked to me. They didn't talk to me as a human being. And now I've come to join this company. How many of you think that works? You're not here. How many of you think that works? Okay. But how many of you know that's what we do with church? Yes. You don't know? That's what we do in church. When you receive correction, what are you going to do next Sunday? You're in the next church. And thank God for us pastors. We don't even bother why you came. You can't grow if you keep changing churches. You can't grow if you keep changing your place in the body. Let's even leave the issue of church. Keep changing your place in the body. Imagine I come up and I say, I don't want to teach anymore. I don't want to teach anymore. What do you want to do right now? I want to sing. <laughs> Look at the excitement on your faces. <laughs> like, the next while, I'm the main guest singer. And then maybe I sing for a while. I say, no, I'm not singing anymore. So what do you want to do? I want to prophesy. You can't keep changing your place in the body because you didn't create yourself. You were already created with a purpose. All our ears you know, almost look like uh, a mini satellite ditch. Everybody's own. Some, some people's own are positioned wider. Some people's own are standing straight. Some people's own are a bit bent. Some people's own are almost disappearing. But everybody's got almost that shape. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now imagine you just there and I say, you know what? I'm tired of just hanging. Every time I'll be hearing. Every time I'll be hearing. You say, I want to change place with my feet. Let's even accept that your feet are grease. That I am tired. Every time they are standing on me, they are standing on me. And then your feet moves up to your ears, and then your ears moves. How many of you know that this ear was not designed with bones to carry your body? So, the fact that the ear is tired of standing here and decides to move doesn't mean that they are equipped for that. We, we've got to learn these things in the body of Christ. There is something you are equipped for. and You've got to stay there. You've got to stay there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, 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 hey. Are you in church? You have to stay because Ephesians 4, 7 says grace has been given to you. I studied education. So my primary, my primary educational pursuit in four years was education. Okay? So I studied education, how to draft curriculum, everything. Now, even though I studied education, I like to teach. I'm not actually graced to teach children. Okay? Um, you know, sometimes my, my children are asking me questions. I know what I want to say, but I don't know how to explain it. You, have, you, have, you, have you been in that kind of place where you know what you want to say is in your heart, is in your mind, but your mind and your mouth, they can't bring it out. Are you following what I'm saying? But, um, I mean... My wife also thought she's got, an, she's got a, uh, a postgraduate in education. 
She taught children. She taught in the nursery school. She taught primary school kids. Okay? And sometimes she has a way she explains the things to the children and they understand. Now, let's assume both of us want to start a school. And I've decided, well, uh, every time she's teaching the children, you know, the children's parents come with gifts for her. And I decide to leave the SS3 class and go and start teaching the nursery. How many of you know that by the time I start teaching those nursery children, whatever gift they were given, they would even stop? Because what is bringing the gift is not just because I'm teaching the subject, it's because they are happy that the children are understanding do you understand this thing? So our place in the body is a designed by God. You don't have the right to change your place. You don't have the right to unplug yourself from the body because you're offended. You don't have a right to unplug yourself from the body because you don't like what is going on. If you don't like what is going on, what you should do is how can this be fixed? So, let's say you have an injury in your leg. Do you go and like, yeah, I'm tired of this leg. And you throw the leg away. No. You, 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 you do what? You, you go, you get it healed. You get it cured. You, you try to sort it out. So, let's go to verse. Um, so, again, the truth in love, we are to grow up in how many aspects? All aspects. Ephesians 4.15 We're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, praise God, even Christ. Verse 16 From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, Causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The Bible says, how does the body of Christ grow? The body of Christ grows by what every joint is supplying. He said, that's how we grow. Every body has something to supply. You know what a joint is? A joint holds your body, holds part of your bones together, you know. Uh, well, I'm not a medical student. I just know basic biology. Basic biology, um, when I mean basic biology, I know enough not, not to fail the subject. <laughs> okay? So, for instance, so for instance, um, you've got your knee joint. Alright? You've got your knee joint right here. Okay? There's a joint right here that connects your knee. That connects your uh, in biology. This is your femur, right? F e m u r. Okay. And this is your tibia bone. Hmm? T i b i a. Right. Or your chin bone or your thigh bone. Okay. So this is your your knee joint or your knee cap. Now we are joined together as a body. We're joined together as a body. We are connected. We cannot just plug ourselves out of that connection. We cannot just plug ourselves out of that connection. 
You know, it's been said that there are over 250 to 350 joints in the body, depending on how you want to look at it. If you look at it with just joints, then there are also ligaments. And in fact, one of the translations uses the word ligament. Let's look at the Weymouth translation. Weymouth New Testament. Dependent on him, the whole body, its various parts, closely, firmly, and fitting and firmly adhering to one another, grows by the aid of every contributory link. So he calls that joint contributory link. Okay? With proper proportion, with, with power proportioned to the need of each individual part, so that it builds up itself in the spirit of love. The Good News Translation says, um, Under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together, and the whole body is held together by every joint with which it is provided. So, when each separate part works as it should, the whole body grows and builds itself up together. Every part ought to contribute as it should. Now, my knee joint, like I give you an example, that connects my femur and my tibia bones together, makes it easy for me to walk. Now, if this knee joint is not working the way it should, then I'm going to walk with a stiff leg. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you know that's going to be difficult. Okay? Now, for simple exercise, for squats and a couple of exercises, I need my knee joint to be working. You see, if we see ourselves that we occupy an important place in the body of Christ, we will act accordingly. This is not about a position that the pastor is giving to us. This is about an assignment that we have when we get born again and God supplies grace unto us that is useful for the body of Christ. This is not about encouraging people. This is not about saying, oh, okay, brethren, brethren, look for where you can help. No. This is people that have recognized themselves and say, listen, I'm going to be joined to the bone that God has designed out to be joined to and be planted and be rooted where God has asked me to be in. And then I'm going to be part of that body and I'm going to contribute my best so we can all grow up in love. Your place, listen to this carefully tonight, your place becomes an assignment from God. So it's not like, oh, we've got rehearsals by 2.30. Oh, rehearsal again. <laughs> oh, we've got prayer meeting by 4. And you, and everything that you have to do for the body is grudgingly. And that's why, you know, a lot of churches emphasizes that people should work and get into departments. I do that, but I, re I really never try to force people to get into departments. The first thing, if you join anything in this church, is God to be willing. Listen, no New Testament offering is received from people who don't do it with a willing heart. Whether it's... Whether, I mean, we teach that a lot about money, okay? We tell, when people want to give, they should give willingly. But how is it that we teach people to give willingly in their hearts with money, right? And then we force them grudgingly to serve the Lord. The question is, which is more better? Their hearts. You know, as a pastor, sometimes I can announce and say, Oh, I want this to get done. I want us to do this. Now, I can use my authority 
that God has given to me within the context of the local church and make every member. I want every member to be here and I can go that way. But you know the reason I don't do that? Because then I'm going to make people who are not willing to come and serve. And whatever they're doing for the Lord is not accepted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> That's why I'll never force anybody to do anything for God. In fact, the way I am designed by default, if there's nobody to do anything, we can leave it like that. Because this thing is not a, see, it's not a, a pressure to make me look good. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't have to put pressure on myself because, so something will run, so I will look like a very great pastor. No, I'm not a great pastor because I'm a great pastor in the eyes of men. I'm a great pastor because I recognize my place in the body and I function as the Lord has called me to function. I stay faithful to my assignment. And if we all see ourselves that way, we would require less motivation to get involved in what God has called us to do. How many of you have ever come to my office one day? Alright? How many of you have ever come to my office one day? And say, oh, pastor, I want to see you. And then you come to the office. So, why did you come? He said, oh, man of God, we just came to encourage you to be studying. <laughs> have you ever, come on, have you ever had that encounter? Eh? Just came to the office, ah, Glad to see you. Why did you come? Say, ah, I've been thinking. I, I just came to encourage you to study. You know, study God's word. Just, just, just be studying and be praying. How many of you want to have a pastor like that? You know? And then you call the other brother. Say, have you seen pastor of late? Say, no. Say, ah, please be encouraging him. Or be encouraging God. Say, encourage him to do what was happening. Say, just to be studying and be reading. Eh? To pray. We know he's going through a lot, but let him just say, <laughs> I mean, you know why? Because if you have a pastor that you need to encourage to study, you better not just be in that church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, recognizing my place, I ask myself, how do I get equipped to be able to serve the body? You should also ask yourself the same question. How can you get yourself in the best possible shape to serve the body? Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the body grows not by what the pastor supplies. That's not what the Bible says. It says the body grows by what how many people supply? Every joint. Come on, somebody say every joint. Say it one more time. Say every joint. Say I'm part of that joint. Yeah, you're part of it. It's what you supply, what I supply, what he supplies that will cause the whole church to grow. So if the church is not growing... I'm not talking about numerical, I'm talking about growing up in him. There, we can't just lay the blames on the pastor. Because in the, in the office, it is only some that are pastors. The rest of the body of Christ have been equipped with grace to serve the whole body. Are you still here? Alright. Now, Let's look at this. Let's look at um, the Amplified Version. From him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies, 
When each part is working properly, when each part, every part, I want you to, you know, one of the things I want you to see tonight is to see yourself as a part of the body. And the next question you need to ask yourself is, am I working properly? Am I functioning the way I should? Am I getting things done? The Am I seeing myself as a man on assignment to my local church? Am I sent to that local church? And if I'm sent to the local church, am I getting the job done? Praise God. Am I getting my job done? Am I getting myself in a position to equip, to supply what I need to supply? You don't need an award to serve God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't need all kinds of promises. If you serve God, you know, you say all things like that. When you sweep the house of God, God will sweep your life. When you arrange chairs, God will arrange your life. You know, and you see people arranging chairs, and there's God has arranged the chair, and you arrange my life like that. As this line is straight, so my life will be straight. As this line, you stop all those things. They are childish things. He didn't say, <laughs> he didn't say the body is growing because, you know, we have a transactional mindset to the body of Christ. That's why when things happen that don't profit us, we are quick to disconnect. Because it's almost like, what am I gaining? Have you heard people say that? I've been going to that church, what is my gain? What gain did you bring to the church? Hmm? What gain did you bring to the church? What gain are you bringing to the body? You know, because sometimes we almost feel like when you come to church and you sit down, you've done the best thing so far in the world. Oh, at least I'm sitting down. Oh, at least I'm attending. No. You even hear people say, at least I'm a tither. Giving to God is your spiritual responsibility. You have that obligation as a believer. We're going to be teaching some of these things because sometimes we shy away from it. But you have a responsibility from God for your finances to worry them to the local church. I don't care what you think pastors have done with money. I don't care what you... If you're not comfortable giving to the local church you're attending, then you can move. You don't have to hold back your finances because you want to punish the body. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? All these pastors, let's see what they will eat now. Every time, tight, 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 tight. The question is, since you, since you held it back, have you heard news? Ten pastors collapse for lack of tight. Have you read something like that? Huh? Forty-eight pastors go hungry for lack of tight. Or one hundred pastors commit suicide. Tightening dries up. Have you heard something like that? If any pastor goes off ministry because people stopped giving tithes, he wasn't called in the first place. Every true and genuine man of God will tell you that he has access to the supply of heaven through willing believers whom the Lord has touched. So, if you, if you decide you don't want to be part of that, that's between you and God. Why don't I put financial pressure on people? It's not between me and them, it's between them and God. Because even if you give to the local church, I'm not the one to reward you. If you give to the local church, it's between you and God. All I can, all the two responsibilities I have as your pastor where finance is concerned, is teach you the truth of God's word and apply the truth myself. Do you understand that? I teach you, then I apply it myself. If I apply it myself, God will be faithful to reward me 
based on my obedience of that truth. Is somebody learning something tonight? Yeah. This is speaking the truth in love now. I'm, I'm saying all these things with, with love. You know this is with love, right? <laughs> yeah, but we have to say it. Because this is how we grow. Alright, so... Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 I know we always use this as a romance Relationship scripture Let's see it from the part of the body um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 Praise the Lord Jesus You know God is good These, these are awesome, awesome things To stabilize our doctrines to Stabilize our heart Ecclesiastes chapter 4 And let's look at verse 9 you know, we always read this in context of marriage. Two are better than one. We always see this in wedding cards. Hmm? Because they have a good reward for their labor. What about if we see this, right, from the context of the body of Christ? It means, if both of us come together and labor for the Lord, it will be better than myself laboring alone. Hello? Okay, do you, do, you, do, you read, do you see that? What did Paul say? He says, I, Paul, planted. Apollos did what? Watered. And God did what? Gave the increase. Can, if you put that scripture and this scripture together, can you see how two are better than one? So the question you've got to ask yourself is, are you the second person who is making the work better? Are you holding your post so the work can get better? Are you doing your part so the work can get better? Or you're just laid back? And you know, funny enough, we always think someone will get the job done. But someone, it's like my niece saying, I'm not going to get up today because the hand will get up. Or imagine going to the sink to brush, right? And you put your toothpaste and you want to brush. And your hand say, oh, I'm not brushing today. Let the, let the toes do it. I've been brushing since we were 30 years old. <laughs> would you do how would you what would you think you know i'm just thinking right now right imagine or oh, i know it happens in cartoons but in real life imagine all our body parts can talk and can express their heart desire <laughs> or they can just leave us when they want to leave us you know some of you that trek a lot even when you have transport you still trek you have transport you still you just wake up one day and you just, ah, where's your leg? You say, I don't cross. <laughs> I didn't put a cut. <laughs> say, why not? I say, you are trekking too much. I mean, you know, for some of you, after one year, you will not have body. It will only be your head. Everybody would have gone. Like, hand gone. Leg gone. Eh? But you know, thank God that God didn't create us like that. But what about if we think about that? In the body of Christ. If we think about how many times offenses have separated people from the body of Christ. How great a church we would be if we all come together and decide to do something great for God. If we put the picture of the body before ourselves, we'll get the job done. You know, many times, sometimes certain things happen and I'm like, oh God, what are we going to do about this? And then, myself and sister Mary will just decide, you know what, let's put the local church first. If we put ourselves first, we might not go this way. But, I mean, we'll go this way. We'll take the love walk. We'll take the love road. And we put the church first. Not just because we want the church to grow. Not just because, oh, because it's our church. No, a thousand times no. But I, 
I mean, daily, especially in the last couple of months, as I've been studying this scripture, I'm seeing how much we have to put the body of Christ first before our own desires. I think of the body. What will this action cost to the body? What will this um, thing I'm doing cost to the body? If I value the body of Christ, then I'd want to supply what will cause the body of Christ to grow. Can you say amen? Alright. This is good. Now, um, let's just finish it. Okay? Mm. Uh, what verses we read before? Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We read verse what? Verse 9. Okay, 10. Uh, for if, if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who falls when there is no one to lift him up. Okay? Woe to him who falls when there is no one to lift him up. Alright? And then, uh, three things we see from that scripture that unity brings. Number one is security. Security. Verse 10. Then number 11 is warmth. Verse 11. Warmth. Warmth. You provide warmth. You provide warmth. As you stay together, you provide warmth. As you stay together, you provide warmth. Then, the third thing it provides, verse 12, is strength. Strength. It provides strength. You see, as the body of Christ supplies, as everybody supplies in the body of Christ, these are the things we would get. Colossians, let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's read something there. And then we'll do Hebrews. Colossians 2, 9. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Colossians 2, 9. For in him, sorry, 2, 19. And holding fast to the head, from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by joints and ligaments, grows with a growth which is from God. So God holds us together. We are bounded together as brothers and sisters for the growth of the church. We must constantly see ourselves on assignment by the Lord. That's important. That's important. Now, what are some of the ways we can supply, or what are some of the things we can supply to help the body grow? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. We'll just do that. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Hebrews 10 verse 23 to 25. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he is he who promised is faithful. You see, one of the things we can do as believers to build up the body is to hold fast to the confession of our faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hello, church. Hold fast. Imagine right now, you know, my dad, I, I spoke to my dad today and we're talking something about the local church. And he said something to me, uh, which was very instructive. Someone didn't come to church and in a church um, back home. And he said he called the person and said, Oh, why didn't you come? And the person, you know, gave all the excuses why he didn't come. And then my dad now said something. He said, You know what? He said, P- 
people look up to you. you. You might not be the pastor of the church, but everybody here, and which is something very important, everybody here, there are people who would either come to this church or are here or are faithful because of you. Not necessarily because of me. Probably you invited them, the part of the church. And my dad was like, have you thought about what your action can do to those people's faith? And he said, Paul says, if eating meat will cause my brother to stumble, I'll rather not eat meat so that I will not offend Christ. And well, I never saw it from that perspective, but it was really enlightening. Knowing that every one of us, we have a role to contribute. That's why when uh, one person stops church, for instance, if one person stops church, for instance, you'll find out that most people who are linked to that person will automatically do what? Stop. It's the same way when someone gets into church, most people from that circle will do what? Will get into church. So we cannot underestimate our influence. And, and, and I'm not teaching this to now say, wow, okay, stopping time. <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm just trying to show you how the body of Christ has been what? Designed. So, one of the ways you can supply the body is to supply consistency. Everybody say consistency. Supply faithfulness. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. Just like the example I give you of the pastor. Hold fast to your assignment. Come hell or high water. Come rain or sun. Sink or swim. I'll stay true to the Christian faith. I'll stay true to the word of God. I'll stay true to what I believe. I'll stay true to my assignment in the local church. And what, what, what's happening? You're supplying strength to others. Glory to God. The next verse. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. We have to stimulate one another to love. Stimulate one another to love. Hmm? Encourage one another. When you call your brother, find out from them, oh, what about the last message? Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Talk about spiritual things. Stimulate them to good deeds. Don't discourage people from coming for rehearsals. You understand? You can be in a, in a, in a choir rehearsals, for instance, and then, you know, it's two hours, but you guys have not gotten what you're here for. Alright? And the others are dragging. Then you start changing your posture. You start looking at your time. Come on, how many of you know you're not stimulating one another to love? You're stimulating one another to what? To grumbling. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you're supplying something. What you're supplying is either going to build the body or not build the body. So you're in a church. And everything you see about the church is the things that are wrong, not what is right. How many of you know you're not stimulating each other to love? You're stimulating people to hatred. Are you following this? This, this thing is a thing. It says, let us consider how to do this. So in your mind, you have to think, how can I, how can I get my brother more serious? And it's sometimes it's just following up people. Hey, I didn't see you in church. Why were you not in church? Oh, sorry, I don't have travel. Well, come on. Let's write together. Let's be in church. Let's study this thing together. Let's not miss this series. You get a hold of the message. Share it with people. Listen to the message. Share it with others. Encourage people to get in the faith, to get in the body, to get strong. Let your actions not discourage people from getting committed. Let your actions rather inspire people to get committed to the faith. Is someone here? That's how we supply. You're supplying the grace. You're supplying a dimension. You're supplying the motivation. You're not allowing anything cause you to back down. Glory to God. Then lastly, let's not forsake 
not forsaking our assembling together. See, it is the habit of some. So some have developed the habit of not coming to church. Hmm? You know, I was thinking today, I came to church today and I was thinking of a brother, and I'm going to call him after this. That one is not stimulating, he's rebuking unto love. I've never seen him in weekday services. <clears throat> never seen him in weekday services. It's from the habit for missing midweek. And you know, thank God for technology. But with all this online streaming and all of these diseases going on, you can miss fellowshipping with the brethren. Because you go, ah, I'll listen to it, they will send us the WhatsApp. Hmm? Or I will listen to it on live streaming. And you know how it is. Hmm? Just put connection. Put your live stream. You are busy cooking. French. Hmm? And when I want to make an important point that will build your spiritual life, you throw onions on the fire. Like, Shh. Say, wait, Pastor, wait, Pastor, talk there. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. I, I mean, I know some people don't have an option, but I, I know. I, you understand what I'm saying? Before you know, you are actually neglecting fellowshipping with the brethren. Are you, are you following? Sometimes network will go off. Things, I mean, so we, the Bible says we need to encourage ourselves. Encourage ourselves. I've got to be in church. Sometimes you come tired. I need to be in church. I need, it says, don't forsake assembling together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encourage people to gather. Encourage people to be in church. If you're following the live streaming, take it like you're in service. Get your notes. Write down. Participate in the prayers. Get involved. Praise God. Get involved. Don't leave your family behind. Get them in. Encourage them to be in. I don't care what your family is doing. Get them in. That's how you supply. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get your brothers in. Get your wives in. Get your kids in. Praise the name of the Lord. I said praise the name of the Lord. What are we doing? If we're doing that, we're supplying. Because you know what? If you're, if you're causing your wife to come and be fed, you're causing your brother, you're causing your children to come and be fed. Remember what it says. It says when one falls, the other will lift him up. There might be a day where you're weak in faith and then your wife needs to strengthen you. Your brother needs to strengthen you. Your children even need to strengthen you. But if they have not been fed, if they have not been taught, what's going to happen? The day comes, you're without strength. They are without strength. Or the day comes when our brothers need to stand with us in prayers. We realize they are without strength. Because we didn't. So I want you to go back tonight. And pray and ask the Lord. Where and what your role is. And how to serve. And find yourself in the body. And supply. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father we thank you. We ask that you would just. Release that grace upon our lives. That we would supply the part that's lacking. And in the name of Jesus, you will cause us to walk in love. To be rooted and grounded in the love of the Father. That the body of Christ would not suffer because of us. 
but rather will be effective in building up the body of Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come quickly. Let's get our offerings ready, tithes, givings. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.